All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton here to dig deeper with you into Revelation 13, especially as we now look at the second beast, the beast rising out of the earth. So we're going to look at chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both great and small, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. All right, here we go. The second beast, the mark of the beast, and 666, all in one tight little package. And this week is going to be a tight little package because it all runs together in this one. So the beast from the sea comes from the usual realm that is considered chaos, and therefore outside of us, and then is any external oppression that forces its tyranny on the people, especially those who <clears throat> worship the Lamb. So the beast from the earth is one of us. This is the religious beast. The political powers come and go, but the church has stayed forever. And this is why we have throughout the Lutheran confessions, the talk of the Pope the office of the papacy being the Antichrist, being this second beast that comes up out of the earth, that comes up out of us, like we are created from the dust of the earth. Therefore, we have this idea that this is the religious beast, that this is the one, as Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, that rises up, taking his place in the temple of God, declaring himself as God. And of course, this is what we are most worried about, is that this is the religious system that kowtows to the political system. He looks like a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. He looks like he is a representative of Christ, but he is only after his own desires at best, or he is being controlled by the demonic forces at worst. And he can do miraculous signs that the beast gives him power to do. The first beast, whose power came from the dragon. So all of these things are demonic and are used to deceive the people. Like calling down fire from heaven, as the two witnesses did in Revelation chapter 11. Or as Elijah did on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18. Now these things it does specifically to deceive the people. Just like we have in 3 John verse 9, where John writes, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. This Diotrephes 
was one who decided he was going to be the ruler of the church. It wasn't going to be John the Apostle, but it's going to be Diotrephes who was the one. And therefore also giving us the idea of the papacy being the Antichrist as he sets himself up, as he is able to be considered infallible when he speaks ex cathedra. That his word goes, even if it goes against scripture. This is a very poignant image of the second beast. But I want to spend the time, and this is going to be a quick one. I want to look at 666. This is the great number that the dispensationalists have been using for decades, a little over a century and a half now, to mark things as being completely horrible and satanic. Where does the idea of this 666 come from? Well, one proposal is by Irenaeus in his Against Heresies that 666 was the total of Noah's age at the time of the flood, which was 600 years in Genesis 7, added to the height and the breadth of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar set up in Daniel 3, which was 60 cubits high, 6 cubits broad. There we have the 666. If the number 666 is only applied to the religious beast from the earth, then one digit would have been enough. It only needed one six. But the three sixes, Dr. Brighton says, refer to all three. The dragon, the political beast, and the religious beast. Now, as we've had last week the talk about the various interpretations of the first beast, Let's look at the various interpretations of the second beast. The Praetorists, those who believe that everything in Revelation happened before John's time, generally see here an image of pagan religion in Rome, that it is just simply the pagan religion that was there. The Historicists generally suggest an image of Papal Rome as it is stretching into the civil realm and is buttressed by blasphemous doctrines. And so we have, even in the Reformation, this was one of the big things, is that several of the high-ranking archbishops in the church were also electors in the Holy Roman Empire because they were also vast landholders. The dispensationalists see the second beast as a second personality that will appear in the tribulation, perhaps as the head of an apostate church, one that wants to bring all religions together as you have in the Left Behind series, or you have in C.S. Lewis's The Last Battle, where they try to bring Aslan and Tosh together for a while. The idealists see any false religion that seeks to attack the church. But this is, for many people, the Antichrist. Many ideas about the second beast is truly the Antichrist as it has this religious flavor because everybody has this idea of this second beast being religious in nature. So we need to talk about the Antichrist and the Antichrist is never mentioned by name in the book of Revelation. In fact, John is the only Bible writer that talks about the Antichrist. And he does that in his first two epistles. The first mention of the Antichrist in the Bible is 1 John 2, 18 and 19. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. 
Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be complained that they are not all of us. So here we have the Antichrist coming, the one who is against Christ coming out of the church. As Paul told the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, that there were going to come wolves out of their own midst. People raising themselves up, like Diotrephes in 3 John. We move a couple of verses to 1 John 2.22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. The Antichrist is anyone who wants to get rid of Jesus as the Christ. Who wants to get rid of the idea of a Son of God completely. Therefore, we don't need the Father either. Then we move to 1 John 4, verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. So John is writing his epistles in somewhere the late 80s, early 90s. And so he is talking about the Antichrist, plural, are already in the world, because for John, the Antichrist is anyone who opposes Christ, anyone who opposes his church. And then 2 John 7, For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. What is the biggest thing with the Antichrist? He does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. We have that among the Jews. We have that among the Muslims. We have that among a lot of people. We even have that throughout history, even in the church, where people want to say, no, Jesus didn't really have a body. He just appeared to have a body. And you can go through Irenaeus and Augustine and Athanasius as they talk about all this, and they debunk all of these things. But anyone who does not believe that Jesus came in the flesh, that Jesus literally died on the cross with flesh and blood is the Antichrist. Anyone who wants to bring about salvation for mankind by any other method is the Antichrist. That is the picture of the second beast. That is the picture of what we have here starting in chapter 13. We'll see them again coming up in later chapters, especially after the seven bowls of wrath in chapter 16. But this is, as I said, a quick podcast to just get the second beast out there to especially talk about the number 666 and the idea of the Antichrist and who and what he and they are. Because there are truly multiple Antichrists out there. As I said, we have that all over the place among the Jews who refuse to accept Jesus as the Christ. We have that among the Muslims who refuse to accept Jesus as the Christ. That is why we wrestle with the theologies around us, because they do surround us with so many ideas that seem to be, okay, we need to just let them have their own thing. They have the freedom to have their own religion. Great, they do. Just like every single person has the freedom to have their own religion. But which one's the right religion? Which one actually brings you salvation 
Which one actually brings you the forgiveness of sins? Which one actually brings you hope for life everlasting? That is only the Christian faith. That is only those who do believe that Jesus came with physical flesh and blood, offers that to us in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of our sins, just as he offered it on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. This is the basis for everything I do on this podcast. This is the basis for everything we study in the scriptures as we dig deeper into it, because this is the basis from which we wrestle with all of these theologies to prove the one true faith. Amen.